Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into 1491 by Charles Mann, a compelling exploration of the Americas before the arrival of Christopher Columbus in 1492. This book presents a vivid reconstruction of the pre Columbian Americas, challenging the conventional wisdom that these lands were sparsely populated wildernesses. Instead, Mann reveals them as the site of advanced civilizations with vast cities, agricultural marvels, and new technologies that have reshaped our understanding of Native American history. Charles Mann, an esteemed journalist and author, draws from his extensive research and contributions to prominent publications like The Atlantic, Science, Wired, The New York Times, and National Geographic. His work has been recognized by the American Bar Association, the American Institute of Physics, and the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation making him a trustworthy guide through the intricacies of America's pre-Columbian past. This book is a must-read for history buffs eager to uncover the truth behind the myths of the New World. Mythbusters who delight in challenging established narratives, an America files fascinated by the rich, complex history of the Western Hemisphere before European contact. Join us as we explore the sophisticated cultures that thrived in the Americas and their remarkable achievements that have been overshadowed by the narrative of European colonization. Fourteen ninety one New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus. Introduction Unearthing the True History of the Americas Before Columbus. Imagine a world where, upon arrival, Europeans found themselves stepping not into untamed wilderness, but onto the grounds of ancient, flourishing civilizations. This was the real face of the Americas pre-Columbus, a fact obscured by the tragic fate that befell its original inhabitants. The very first Europeans did not conquer empty lands, but often built their new homes amidst the ruins of once-bustling Indian settlements, settlements emptied not by their swords, but by diseases brought from afar. These epidemics raced ahead of the newcomers, decimating populations so drastically that about 90% of an estimated 100 million people were wiped out. This unimaginable loss created a void that led to a profound misunderstanding of the new world and its people. Overgrown farmlands were mistaken for virgin wilderness, and the surviving indigenous peoples were seen as primitive savages, forever trapped in a bygone era rather than the remnants of sophisticated societies that had been shattered overnight. But as we embark on this journey, correcting the record and shining a light on the pre-Columbian Americas, it's vital to use the names and terms that respect the preferences of indigenous groups. Throughout this exploration, we'll refer to these groups either by their specific tribal names or use the general terms Indians and Native Americans. These designations are not about racial categorization, but about acknowledging the vast cultural and geographical tapestry that is the indigenous heritage of the Western Hemisphere. As we delve deeper, we uncover the profound ways the early inhabitants of the Americas actively shaped their environment. Far from the passive dwellers of an uncharted wilderness, Native Americans were adept land managers who used fire as a tool to reshape the landscape according to their needs and desires. Moreover, the Amazon rainforest, often celebrated as an untouched paradise, 
reveals itself to be a product of centuries of human intervention, challenging the myth of its wildness. Through sustainable farming practices and intentional landscape modification, indigenous peoples contributed to the complexity and biodiversity that define this vast green expanse today. Equally transformative was the agricultural innovation of Mexican farmers, who through selective breeding gifted the world with crops that have become staples of global diets. Their ingenuity reshaped not only their own societies, but also had far-reaching effects on food consumption patterns worldwide. As we retrace the steps of the true pioneers of the Americas, we uncover a narrative far richer and more complex than the conventional history textbooks suggest. These revelations not only correct historical inaccuracies, but also celebrate the resilience, ingenuity, and enduring legacy of the America's first inhabitants. Part 1. Rediscovering the rich tapestry of native cultures beyond initial appearances. In northeast Bolivia during the year 1948, a young American named Alan Holmberg embarked on an anthropological journey that would, unwittingly, paint a misleading depiction of Native American life for decades to come. Stationed in the expansive savanna known as the Beni, Holmberg sought to immerse himself in the life of the Siriono people. What emerged was a narrative of a group seemingly untouched by time, struggling to survive in a harsh and unyielding environment without art, religion, or agriculture. According to Holmberg, this was the raw state of nature, a snapshot of pre-Columbian existence across the Americas. The narrative painted by Holmberg was initially accepted without contest. Yet, as the years ticked by, a more complex picture began to emerge, challenging the preconceptions held firm by the scholarly community. It appears Holmberg, whilst observing with keen eyes, might have missed the forest for the trees. Indeed, the Siriono people did endure a harsh existence during Holmberg's tenure among them, but theirs was not an unchanging lifestyle stretching back to time immemorial. Just a few decades prior, in the early 1920s, the Siriono were a thriving community of approximately 3,000, engaging not only in hunting, but also in village life and agriculture. Their dramatic shift in living conditions can be attributed to two devastating factors. The first was the merciless sweep of disease, with smallpox and influenza decimating their numbers by an astonishing 95% within a single generation. The second was a direct result of government policy favoring white expansion into the Beni, with the remaining Siriono population facing oppression from the military and being forced into near slavery on cattle ranches. Through a modern lens, it's clear that Holmberg's interpretation of the Siriono as a people perpetually trapped in a raw state of nature was a profound misunderstanding. He encountered not a representation of prehistoric life, but the vestiges of a culture recently fractured, struggling under the weight of disease and state-sanctioned oppression. Furthermore, Holmberg overlooked critical evidence that hinted at the Siriono's relatively recent arrival in the region. For instance, their language connected them to indigenous groups across South America, but bore no similarity to any found within Bolivia. Additionally, the landscape itself was littered with signs of older Indian civilizations, suggesting a rich historical tapestry that Holmberg failed to recognize. 
This revelation challenges us to look beyond initial appearances, understanding that the stories of indigenous cultures are often far more complex and intertwined with historical events than they might initially seem. Like the paradigm-shifted view of the Siriono, this serves as a reminder of the dynamic, evolving nature of cultures and the importance of context in unravelling the rich histories of native peoples. Part 2. A Glimpse into the Architectural Marvels of the Ancient Beni Region Nestled between the contrasting landscapes of the Andes' arid foothills and the lush Amazon rainforest, the Beni region unfolds a story of ancient sophistication and ingenuity. With its dramatic seasonal shifts, from inundating floods to severe droughts, the Beni seems an unlikely place for an advanced civilization to thrive. Yet, hidden within its vast savanna, lie secrets of a complex pre-Columbian society waiting to challenge our perceptions of the past. The key insight here is clear. The Beni was not merely a wild, untamed land, but the cradle of a remarkable ancient society. The first hint of this lost civilization's existence came in 1961, when American geographer William Denovan embarked on an aerial journey across the Beni. What he observed from his vantage point was nothing short of astonishing. The landscape below was punctuated with forested islands emerging from the plains. A stark deviation from the surrounding savanna. These islands, connected by long, raised pathways stretching for miles, and surrounded by structured fields, ditches, and intricate ridges, painted a picture of deliberate design rather than natural occurrence. This was no fluke of nature, Denovan realized. It was a testament to human endeavor. Subsequent archaeological explorations in the 1990s would confirm Denovan's initial observations. Among the most striking features discovered were the Lomas, earthen mounds reaching heights of up to 60 feet and dating back between 3,000 and 5,000 years. But these were not mere piles of dirt. They were crafted from layers of smashed pottery covered with earth, a technique that not only elevated the land above flood levels, but also enhanced soil fertility through aeration. One particular mound, dubbed Ibibate or Big Mound by locals, contained an amount of pottery rivaling that of Monte Testaccio in Rome, a hill famously composed of ancient terracotta vessel fragments. But Ibibate was only one among hundreds, each rich in pottery remains. The sheer volume of crafted earthenware points to a society of considerable scale and organization. It implies the existence of dedicated potters, specialists who, apart from their craft, relied on others within their community for sustenance. This division of labor suggests a large, structured society capable of sustained collaboration and planning across generations. While much remains to be discovered about the architects of the Beni earthworks, one thing is unmistakably clear. They were far from the primitive beings once imagined. Long before Columbus's voyages connected the hemispheres, the earth movers of the Beni had already forged a sophisticated, enduring legacy through their mastery over land and environment. Part 3. Unveiling the Ingenuity of Native American Environmental Mastery Long before the concept of environmental engineering entered the modern lexicon, 
the industrious earth movers of the Bolivian savanna were already reshaping their world with a finesse that mirrored and perhaps even surpassed the architectural feats of ancient Rome. Their sophisticated agricultural systems, which included the cultivation of beans, squash, and sweet potatoes on meticulously raised fields, are testament to an advanced understanding of farming techniques. Moreover, their lomas, artificially elevated mounds, sustained rich orchards bearing fruits and nuts, transforming the seemingly inhospitable Beni Savannah into a thriving agricultural hub. But their environmental manipulation didn't stop with solid ground. These ancient engineers also harnessed the seasonal rhythms of the Beni, constructing earthen channels to guide fish directly into their nets during the abundant wet season. Despite their eventual abandonment of these earthworks around the year 1400 AD, likely due to the ravages of disease, the landscape they crafted remains one of the most extraordinary human legacies in South America. This revelation stands in stark contradiction to a persistent myth about indigenous societies. Here's the essential insight. Native Americans didn't merely dwell within their environment. They were dynamic agents of change, molding and enhancing the land to suit their needs and advance their societies. For centuries, European narratives have painted a picture of Native Americans as passive inhabitants of an unspoiled wilderness. According to this view, while the old world buzzed with the noise of innovation and transformation, turning virgin forests into cultivated farmland and uncharted seas into highways of global trade, the new world stood still, its people living a static existence of simple subsistence. This narrative suggests that while Europeans were driven by a relentless curiosity, pushing the boundaries of what was known and expanding the scope of human achievement, Native Americans remained uninterested in altering their surroundings, content to live as their ancestors did, season after season. These European accounts, whether they romanticized the indigenous peoples as noble savages living in a pristine natural state, or condemned them for not exploiting the vast resources at their disposal, effectively stripped Native Americans of agency. Such views implied that the land was wasted on its original inhabitants, and thus was ripe for European appropriation. However, the monumental achievements of societies like those in the Beni offer a striking refutation of these misconceptions. The earthen mounds, the agricultural innovations, and the sophisticated water management systems reveal a people not only in tune with their environment, but skilled at manipulating it for their benefit and sustainment. These age-old constructions serve as powerful evidence that Native American societies possessed a deep-seated desire to understand, interact with, and improve the world around them. Far from the passive characters depicted in outdated narratives, they were active stewards of an environment they skillfully and thoughtfully shaped to their will. Through structures like those in the Beni, we are urged to reconsider and truly appreciate the ingenuity and environmental wisdom of America's first inhabitants. Part 4. How Fire Became a Canvas for Native American Land Artistry In the rich tapestry of human interaction with the land, various cultures have etched their mark through the cultivation of curated landscapes tailored to their needs and desires. From the terraced slopes of the Andes, vital for potato cultivation, to the meticulously laid out fields of European peasants, the shaping of the earth to sustain life 
is a universal tale of ingenuity. Yet, in North America, indigenous peoples crafted the environment with a tool as primal as fire, orchestrating the landscape into a grand canvas of ecological artistry. This brings us to a pivotal insight. North American Indians employed fire not as a destructive force, but as a creative medium to sculpt the environment to their advantage. Given the scarcity of domesticable animals in the Americas, with the exception of a few like turkeys in Central America and llamas in South America, North American indigenous societies faced unique challenges. Their ingenuity, however, led them to a novel solution for ensuring a stable supply of game, the strategic use of fire to farm wild animals by reshaping their habitats. The vast landscapes of what is now the eastern United States were not merely passive backdrops to the lives of Native Americans, but were actively managed through controlled burns. These deliberate fires served dual purposes. They cleared dense thickets and forests that obstructed hunting activities, and they promoted the growth of open plains and park-like woods, facilitating not only the hunting of elk, moose, deer, and bison, but also the cultivation of essential crops. As a result, two distinct environments emerged. Plains cleared of trees, perfect for both agriculture and game hunting, and open, airy forests reminiscent of manicured parks, so accessible that early European settlers marveled at the ease with which one could ride through them at full speed, something unthinkable in the wild, untamed forests they knew from home. To early European settlers, these vast prairies and open woodlands, teeming with wildlife and devoid of the dense underbrush typical of untended nature, appeared as natural wonders. Yet these landscapes were far from accidental. They were the product of centuries of deliberate care, maintenance, and foresight, showcasing a profound understanding of land management and ecological stewardship. Far from the misguided notion of indigenous peoples living passively off the land, these practices reveal a deep, symbiotic relationship with nature. Through the transformative power of fire, Native Americans reshaped their world in profound ways leaving a legacy of cultivated landscapes that challenges our perceptions of wild versus managed nature. It stands as a testament to their role as active participants in the ecological history of North America, far removed from the simplistic narratives of untouched wilderness that have long dominated the discourse. Part 5. A Tragic Loss with a Global Impact How the Decline of Indigenous Populations Affected the Climate Delving into the pages of Earth's climatic history through the silent yet eloquent witnesses like Antarctic ice cores and sediment from lake beds offers insights into the atmospheric CO, two levels spanning the last 800,000 years. Within this vast timeline, two significant events stand out for their stark impact on global carbon dioxide levels. The well-documented spike following the Industrial Revolution and a lesser-known but equally significant drop in CO2 levels that occurred after the year 1500. The cause of this remarkable shift in the global climate can be traced back to an event marked by immense human loss, the sharp decline in Native American populations. Here lies the poignant key message. The mass death of indigenous peoples after 1500 played a pivotal role in altering the global climate. 
The collision of continents that followed Christopher Columbus's voyages brought with it waves of epidemics the likes of which the Native American societies had never seen and had no immunity against. Diseases unknown to these populations such as smallpox, influenza and typhus wreaked havoc leading to catastrophic losses. Consider the fate of the Caduans, a group known for their sophisticated mound-building and agricultural practices in what is now the North American Midwest. From a population of about 200,000 in the 1530s, they were decimated to merely 8,500 by the 1630s, marking a loss of 96%. To visualize such a loss in contemporary terms, it would resemble New York City's bustling population being reduced to enough people to barely fill a baseball stadium. Parallel declines were observed throughout the Americas, including the near obliteration of the Patuxet people due to viral hepatitis by 1619, a mere three years after the disease was introduced by settlers. While estimates vary, the consensus among many scholars is that these widespread mortalities amounted to the loss of approximately one-fifth of the world's population at that time. The aftermath of this unparalleled loss extended far beyond the immediate human tragedy imprinting itself upon the very landscape of North America. Lands once carefully cleared and cultivated by Native Americans reverted to dense forests. This rewilding of vast swathes of territory, later romanticized by figures like Henry David Thoreau, was not a return to a primordial wilderness, but rather a poignant marker of the devastation that had swept through indigenous societies. Ecologically, the decreased Native American populations led to fewer controlled burns, a practice that had previously contributed to carbon dioxide emissions. Simultaneously, the regrowth of extensive forest areas acted as carbon sinks, absorbing more CO2 from the atmosphere. This dual effect, a reduction in emissions and an increase in carbon sequestration, contributed to the notable dip in global atmospheric CO two levels observed in the decades following 1500. Through this tragic intersection of human history and climatic change, the profound and often overlooked impact of Native American societies on the global environment comes into focus. Their loss reshaped the world in ways that are still being understood today, highlighting the intricate connections between human activity, ecological systems, and the climate. Part 6. Amazon's Dilemma the unsustainability of contemporary farming techniques. Envision the Amazon rainforest, a labyrinth of life where the air thrums with the buzz of insects as large as birds and the foliage unfolds in endless layers of green. This vibrant canopy, however, conceals a stark reality. Beneath the forest's lush exterior lies a terrain battling depletion. Plagued by relentless rains and sweltering heat, the soil rapidly loses its nutrients, transforming into a terrain as inhospitable as a wet desert. This paradox of the Amazon challenges the notion of its ground as fertile earth ripe for cultivation. The very act of clearing the dense forest, a formidable task demanding over a hundred hours with indigenous tools for a single tree, initiates a chain of environmental setbacks. The removal of the canopy exposes the soil to rainfall, which strikes the ground with double the force, exacerbating erosion and quickly rendering the land barren. The key insight to ponder is the unsustainable nature of modern agricultural practices within this delicate ecosystem.
For complex societies to thrive, agriculture must not only support those directly involved in farming, but also sustain a broader community of individuals, from artisans to rulers. Yet, the ecological limitations of the Amazon seem to preclude the emergence of such extensive agricultural systems. Despite these constraints, humans have devised a workaround, albeit one laden with significant environmental costs, slash and burn agriculture. Transitioning from stone to metal tools drastically reduces the labor needed to clear land, a process further expedited by modern machinery. The subsequent burning of vegetation enriches the soil temporarily with alkaline ash, promising a short-lived fertility. However, this method harbors a critical flaw. If the forest is kept at bay for too long or too extensive an area is cleared, the aftermath is dire. The rain leaches away any remaining nutrients, and the sun bakes the soil into a lifeless, compact mass. As a consequence, slash-and-burn agriculture not only erodes the rainforest's capacity to sustain life, but also exacerbates carbon emissions, contributing to a broader environmental crisis. Yet as we stand on the brink of an ecological precipice, it is crucial to recognize that agriculture in the Amazon need not be a harbinger of destruction. The indigenous populations of the Amazon have long possessed the knowledge of how to farm its lands sustainably, a testament to the potential for harmony between human activity and this complex ecosystem. In their practices lies a crucial lesson. With the right approach, it is possible to nourish civilization without depleting the very foundation it stands on. Part 7, The Amazon's Ancient Orchards, a testament to ingenious agricultural practices. In the swirling debates around the sustainability of agriculture in the Amazon, the 1970s brought a strong voice in Betty Meggers, an American archaeologist, who posited that the ecological limitations of the Amazonian forest restricted societies to small populations. She contended that any attempts at extensive agriculture would inevitably lead to the depletion of the soil and, ultimately, the collapse of the society itself. Her theories shaped scholarly and environmental discussions for decades, suggesting a grim outlook for large-scale human habitation in the Amazon. However, emerging evidence has since painted a different picture, one where resilience and adaptability define human interaction with the Amazon's challenging landscape. The focal point of this transformed understanding is that despite the struggles of many crops in the Amazon, fruit orchards have not only survived, but thrived. The narrative unfurls around 4,000 years ago on Marajo Island, a landmass at the Amazon's mouth reminiscent of Denmark in size. It was here that Meggers built her argument, observing the Marahuara culture and concluding that their failure was due to their inability to adapt their agricultural practices without harming the forest. However, the 1990s saw a pivotal shift with the work of archaeologist Anna Roosevelt, who revisited the island and conducted deeper excavations. Her discoveries of pottery, rubbish heaps, earthen mounds, and signs of intensive agricultural activity pointed to a society that had not only survived but flourished, with estimates suggesting a population of about 100,000 individuals from roughly 800 to 1400 AD. 
the Marajara's success lay not in clearing vast swathes of forest for traditional slash-and-burn agriculture, but in embedding orchards of fruit and nuts within the fabric of the rainforest. A prime example is the cultivation of the peach palm, this versatile tree offering a bounty of vitamin-rich fruit capable of being processed in various ways and yielding more calories per acre than staple crops like rice or beans became a cornerstone of their agricultural strategy. Remarkably, the peach palm required minimal human intervention to thrive, challenging the notion that the Amazon demanded the destruction of its ecology for human sustenance. This revelation about the Marajora opens up broader implications for our understanding of Amazonian societies. Botanist William Barley's estimation that roughly 12% of the Amazon forest is anthropogenically derived underscores the depth of human interaction with the landscape. These natural fruit bounty marvels observed by visitors are, in truth, the legacies of ancient orchards, meticulously developed and maintained by generations of Amazonians. Through the lens of modern archaeological and botanical research, we gain insights into a sophisticated agricultural model that harmonized with the Amazon's ecological constraints. The enduring presence of these ancient orchids in the rainforest today reveals a narrative of innovation, resilience, and a profound connection between humanity and the natural world. Part 8. Unveiling the Legacy of Ancient Amazonian Agriculture, Terra Preta In the lush expanse of the Amazon, a discovery in the 1990s by geologists opened a window into the ancient world, revealing a soil so rich and fertile that it defied the typical constraints of the rainforest's notoriously nutrient-poor terrain. This exceptional soil, dark and brimming with life-supporting nutrients such as phosphorus, calcium, sulfur, and nitrogen, presented a mystery that seemed to contradict the very essence of Amazonian soil ecology. Spanning an area as vast as France, this nutrient-rich soil, known as Terra Preta do Indio, or Indian Black Earth, stood as a testament to a profound and sustainable agricultural practice mastered by Amazonian Indians thousands of years ago. The key insight from this revelation is that Amazonian Indians were pioneers of sustainable farming long before the term entered the contemporary environmental lexicon. Terra Preta's remarkable qualities quickly made it a coveted resource among local communities and beyond, prized for its exceptional fertility and resilience. Unlike the surrounding red earth that quickly succumbs to the relentless forces of erosion and nutrient leaching, typical of the rainforest, Terra Preta retains its nutrients, holds moisture more effectively, and demonstrates an enduring fertility even under intensive cultivation. The genesis of Terra Preta was not a natural phenomenon, but the product of deliberate and skillful land management by pre Columbian Native Americans. Their innovative method, known as slash and char, diverged significantly from the more commonly known slash and burn technique. Instead of burning organic matter completely to ash, they controlled the combustion process to produce charcoal, which was then mixed into the soil. This process not only enriched the soil with a stable form of carbon, but also improved its structure, enabling it to retain water and nutrients, fostering a robust agricultural system. What makes Terra Preta even more remarkable is its sustainability. 
the low-intensity fires used in the slash-and-char method minimized carbon emissions, contributing far less to atmospheric CO2 levels compared to slash-and-burn practices. Moreover, the long-term fertility of terra preta meant that lands could produce abundant yields without the heavy reliance on chemical fertilizers, pointing toward a model of agriculture that was both productive and ecologically harmonious. With the global challenges of sustainable food production becoming ever more pressing, the ancient wisdom encapsulated in the creation and maintenance of terra preta offers valuable lessons for the future. As researchers and agronomists seek ways to feed the world's burgeoning population without exacerbating environmental degradation, the Indian black earth stands as a beacon of sustainability, a piece of ancient knowledge pointing us toward a more sustainable agricultural paradigm. Part 9. From Mesoamerican Fields to Global Tables How Central American Farmers Reshaped Diets Worldwide The journey of the first Americans, often believed to have traversed the Bering Strait from Siberia to Alaska around 13,000 years ago, is a testament to human resilience and adaptability. However, discoveries in the mid-1990s suggest an even earlier migration, placing humans in Chile about 30,000 years ago, thereby indicating their presence in Alaska beforehand. This places their departure from Eurasia well before the advent of agriculture in the Middle East, marking a significant prelude to their contributions to global agriculture from the Americas. Central America, with its dynamic landscapes of mountains and plains, became the cradle of a second Neolithic revolution fundamentally altering the global culinary landscape. Central to this transformation was the region now known as Mexico, a land that provided the early settlers with both challenges and opportunities. As game grew scarce with the changing climate, these communities shifted their focus to the flora around them, laying the groundwork for agricultural innovation. The key insight from these developments is profound. Central American agriculturalists dramatically changed the way the world eats. Through trial, observation, and innovation, these early agriculturalists unlocked the potential of the land around them. They transformed agave plants into more palatable food sources through roasting, devised tools to safely harvest cactus fruit, and unlocked the nutritional value of acorns by neutralizing their tannic acid. Perhaps their most groundbreaking realization came from observing how discarded seeds could sprout and flourish, leading to the deliberate cultivation of crops such as tomatoes, chilies, squashes, and beans. These contributions are so vast that it's estimated up to three-fifths of the crops now cultivated worldwide were developed by these industrious peoples, forming the backbone of diverse cuisines across the globe. The cultivation of maize stands as a remarkable testament to their agricultural prowess. This essential crop, now a staple feeding more people globally than any other grain, is believed to have been derived from the humble teosinte, a wild grass offering scant nutritional value in its natural form. The transformation of teosinte into maize is celebrated as one of humanity's most monumental achievements in genetic engineering a tribute to the foresight and ingenuity of these ancient farmers. Mesoamerica's legacy in agriculture underscores not just a regional or temporal success, but a global revolution that reshaped diets and culinary cultures around the world. 
From the humble beginnings of roasting agave to the global dominance of maize, the second Neolithic revolution that took root in Central America has left an indelible mark on the way we all eat, illustrating the profound and lasting impact of humanity's interaction with nature. Final summary. The image of the Americas as untamed wilderness encountered by European settlers belies the rich tapestry of complex societies that once thrived across the Western Hemisphere. These lands, perceived as vast and largely uninhabited expanses, had indeed been vibrant centers of culture and innovation. However, in the shadow of European arrival, a devastating wave of diseases decimated Native American populations, erasing entire communities and leaving behind remnants of their existence shrouded by the rapid reclamation of nature. The farms that once fed thousands returned to forest, and settlements that buzzed with life became silent ruins. Yet, the legacy of these indigenous societies is not entirely lost to the annals of history. By delving into the landscapes themselves, we can uncover the enduring marks of these ancient people and their civilizations. Through the soil, the remnants of agricultural prowess tell a tale of sustainability and ingenuity. From the echoes of Terra Preta in the Amazon to the maize fields of Mesoamerica, the land holds stories of a time when humans and nature thrived in harmony. As we peel back the layers of overgrowth and dig deeper than the surface, we begin to piece together the vibrant cultures that predated European colonization. This journey of rediscovery not only honors the sophisticated societies that once flourished across the Americas, but also invites us to learn from their profound connection with the earth. As we continue to face our own environmental challenges, the ancient wisdom embedded in these lands offers insights into sustainable living and harmony with nature. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.